Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code ICTPOD to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code ICTPOD. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problems gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for terms for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I am your host, Joey DiMeglio, and rookie camp is now underway for the Rangers, meaning we are even closer to the start of the regular season. Joining me today to talk about the prospects in camp is Stat Boy Steven, our resident guest on Ice Cold Takes. Steven, thanks for joining me. How are you? Yeah, uh, happy to join always, of course. Uh, it's been a pretty cool summer. Um, yeah, pretty busy, got married. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, going back into the rhythm of watching the Rangers again and doing my prospect updates and maybe some interviews coming up. So uh, this was definitely the busiest summer I've had in years. It sounds like it. Yeah, you're telling me you're flying back and forth everywhere between Netherlands, Ireland, yeah. New York. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah, like, by the way, again. So, I'm from the Netherlands, so my family still lives there. I now live in Ireland. You know, my wife's from New York, so we we travel back and forth just just to, to see our family. Like what some people just do by getting on a on a subway or on a bus. It's a little bit more complicated when it involves like international travel, but no, it's been uh luckily all the restrictions are gone. It's it's it was two years of COVID with like no flights at all or very restricted flights, but things are back to normal. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I've been flying back and forth to the Netherlands a lot to uh, spend time with my family again. That's mm-hmm. also that was also a lot of fun. Yeah, and well, I mean, you were you kept yourself busy. I'm on the other hand, actually, I was kind of busy. I talked about it last week, but not too much going on in the offseason after that first wave of free agency, like the first couple weeks, once all the signing stopped, you had like the Carlson trade and the Debrinket trade. But after that, it was like, there wasn't really much going on. So um, now is, is like a good time to talk about hockey because, you know, training camp's about to start. Rookie camp is underway. We were just talking about how we wanted to have, you know, these scrimmages, the rookie scrimmages, um, broadcasted on uh either on msg or on tv wherever um but turns out like this it's got to be like a really small majority of people that are into like the prospects and stuff like our our community on on twitter and and stuff is is very niche is how i described it to steven um that knows about each and every single one of the the prospects everybody that the rangers draft whereas like a casual fan will know only hear about them when they first come up to the team like when they first get called up like i remember i remember that like when the rangers like when i first started watching the rangers there was kids that would get called up and i had no idea who they were until they were called up until you know sam and joe talked about them on the broadcast um but i guess there's just not enough of a demand for for the scrimmages i mean even like a, a live showing of the practices would be cool yeah, and, and it's 
it's that, but it's also the fact that the uh, facility they use in Terrytown isn't set up with cameras. Now, it is a relatively new facility, so it's a choice that the Rangers made. Like, it was a decision to to not make the facility big enough to to put cameras in there. To it's, it was a decision to not make it big enough to facilitate fans attending practice. I was in Seattle in January uh, visiting friends, and uh, we went to the Seattle Kraken practice facility. There's there's room for 500 fans to sit down and watch them practice. It's free admission. You know, you don't have to buy tickets. You just walk in, you sit down, and you and you watch them uh, during practice. The Rangers cannot do that because the facility doesn't have enough room next to the rink to have those those bleachers or benches, which sucks. Like, let's be real here, because it would be so cool if over the past few years, of, of course, also if we didn't have COVID, but when we had top two picks in the draft, that fans can just go to Terrytown and attend a practice. Like, for instance, the Seattle Kraken, they – they, they pick certain days, they announce it on their website where the practice is open to the public. And we went on, I, th I think, a Tuesday. And there were like two, like 200 to 250 people there. And I wish Ranger fans had that same opportunity. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So we have to rely on the coverage by Vince Mercogliano, Molly Walker, Colin Stevenson, who are all doing a great job at it. You know, they... They cover the Rangers during these camps with some video footage. They, especially Vince Marcogliano, goes goes really in depth with these prospects, asking them questions. Uh, so the coverage, at least, it's there. I just wish there was something that we could tune into for this. Yeah, and I'm going to get Colin on the show in a couple weeks, dude, for that very reason because I know the Rangers don't uh, broadcast the the practice practices or scrimmages, any of that mm. stuff. Like, you'd have to go to other teams to find that. I know, like, when the Rangers play the Flyers in, like, the scrimmage camps and stuff, uh, they'll brought, the Flyers will broadcast those games, and I'll usually try and check those out. Yeah. So And that's, that's, that's also because uh, those games are played at the uh, is it PPL Center in Allentown. It's another – it's not the Rangers facility. No, it's, it, it's an AHL arena. It's where the Lehigh Valley Phantoms play. It's also one of one of only a handful of arenas in the AHL that has HD camera setups. So you get a broadcast that's similar to what you get in the NHL. That's pretty um, cool. Like not not the, the same amount of angles and everything, but the quality of the cameras, it's it's really nice to watch a Lehigh Valley Phantoms game online or on TV. So the fact that the Rangers will play both games in Allentown this year makes me hopeful that we get proper coverage because the, the Flyers are in charge, not the Rangers. So mm -hmm. hopefully there's a, there's a quality stream we can tune into. I think it's tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday, two days that they're playing there. I always wondered why it, it always seemed like 480p on the AHL games for the, the quality. Now it makes sense. That's yeah, because most AHL arenas aren't equipped with with quality the, the quality cameras you need for an HD broadcast. Makes and sense. the AHL doesn't bring in enough money to warrant right. that kind of exactly. I was just gonna say it's kind of like just how like I would start a podcast. Like I would just do it on my. I was starting it just on Zoom, like off free stuff. Like I didn't really care too much about the quality yeah. until I got. Yeah, later like on. like when I when I do my prospect interviews, I just have like a Skype session or a right. Zoom session with Brandon Hoffman or Zach Jones or whatever or gets the job done whoever it was. And then sometimes I share little snippets of something that's interesting. I like to share the video of the player, like explaining in their own words, that point. And once or twice I had someone respond saying, Oh, that's really shitty camera work, man. Like, yeah, but you know, I don't do this for a living. I don't, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't go to Brandon Hoffman's house and have a camera set up like, you know, with, with microphones and lighting. No, I just reach out to him and we set up a Skype call and he just, he called me from, I think his mom's iPad. So, so whatever yeah, the works, lighting's not, the lighting's not going to be great, but it is what it is. When I was talking to Zach Jones a couple of years ago, it was early in the season, like I think September or maybe even August. 
and uh, he was just sitting on his on his parents' front porch, on his phone. And it's not about the camera quality. And and it's the same with the AHL teams. You know, there's there's not enough there's there's not enough to gain financially to make that investment. Yeah, so long as you could actually watch it and stuff, and it's not like like piss poor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. if if you could actually see what's going on, then it's fine. It gets, like I said, it gets the job done. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think, I think there's definitely something NHL teams can do to improve that coverage. Like if NHL teams would, would like show their, their connections to AHL teams more, like how often do you hear about the Hartford Wolfpack on the Rangers broadcast? Never. You just don't, it's sometimes when a player scores for them, then it's brought up, but there's there's not like a dedicated segment on like a show on MSG where they go, all right, so this is this is the Hartford Wolfpack and these are the players to play there. This is the head coach and this is what we're gonna do. And honestly, it's probably because not not enough people are interested in that kind of content. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is I'm, what hoping, it is. I'm hoping that. The MSG Plus app is available like on Samsung TVs and Roku and stuff like that because I have like the the login information. To, mm-hmm. One of my cousins lives in in New York, so I use his login information to, to watch uh, yeah. the games, which saves me saves me money. But I just need the app to be on the TV so I don't have to connect it forward from my laptop to my TV every single every other night to watch a game. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a big hassle so i'm hoping that you know they figured they come up with uh an app to put on the tv right now it's available on the phones and like chromecast i was talking to one of the representatives and they're saying like they're working on it or they're they're trying to uh get it on like tvs and stuff so yeah see like they're working on it means that it's not a priority because yeah. If it was a priority, it would have been done already because it's not that complicated. Yep. You know, it's 2023. It's not 2009 anymore. Right. We're not, we're, not, we're not talking about making apps for a brand new operating system. Just literally put it on the TV. Like the, the TV does it like for all the apps like YouTube and Netflix, Xfinity yeah. Stream, like for Roku and stuff like that. You know, it's, I, I know. can't imagine I it being that hard. Sure, there'd probably be bugs and stuff, but MSG Go has bugs. Yeah, it's not like MSG Go is bug-free at the moment. It's true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, anyways, I mean, rookie camp is underway. Um, There's noteworthy prospects. Of course, we know the names. Brennan Othman, Adam Sikora, Will Cooley, and you could even throw in Matthew Robertson because this is like, what is this, his third, fourth year maybe? He was drafted four years ago. Okay, so then this is his like fourth camp, rookie camp. So, I mean, if ever there was an opportunity for him to make the Rangers and play on the the NHL squad, it's this year. Yeah, it's gonna be tough for him though. It because, will be, yes, because the Rangers yeah. did sign Eric Gustafson, and he had a really good year last season. I could see it happening if there is injuries. Mm. Like to me, that's the first call up, but. Uh, to them, I think Ben Harper is probably the first call up. But look, there's 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 Gustafson. Then there's still Zach Jones. Yep. Who's ahead of Robertson on the depth chart at the moment? Then you have Ben Harper. You have Connor Mackey, who played for the Coyotes last season. There's a lot of depth for like the third pair, if in case there's an injury. Uh, it's not going to be easy for Robertson, but yeah, at some point you're going to have to make a decision because. If he doesn't play anytime soon, you end up with a Ryan Graves situation. Yeah, and don't want to do that because Graves turned out pretty good and they just never gave him a chance. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with Robertson. But yeah, I think on defense, the team is pretty much set. But on offense, that's where it's interesting. Yeah, offense is is, uh, the interesting one. I think Will Cooley's got a good shot of, of cracking a spot in in the the rangers lineup it depends on like i mean that you look at the guys like nash and belzeal right i know pitlick i think pitlick is a is a guaranteed roster spot because he's a a true right winger they were saying and the rangers don't have many of those guys Mm -hmm. um on the on the team so this is an opportunity for cooley to crack a spot in the lineup not like a top line player more of like a fourth line player i'd say right yeah and and i think i think 
the center depth is pretty much set. You have Zibanejad, Trocek, Hedl, and then on the fourth line is going to be Goudreau or Bonino. Yeah, exactly. And then Goudreau could maybe move up to the third line if we need someone there. But VZ is going to be on the roster. Goudreau is going to be on the roster. There's no question there. Kakov, Wheeler, Kreider, Panarin, Lafreniere are all going to be on the roster. As you said, Pitlick is going to be on the roster. And then you have a group of, of both veterans and younger players that are going to fight for like maybe one or two spots in Othman and Cooley and uh, Adam Edstrom, who came over from Sweden earlier this year. Uh, Adam Sikora, who's only 19, so it might be too soon for him, but who yeah. knows? I'm gonna say and that. Then, and then the veterans, him. the veterans you still have on the team, like Jake Lecision, Johnny Brodzinski, Anton Bleed, and then newly signed Alex Belzeal, um, and Riley Nash, as you mentioned. That's like that's like 10 players that will be competing for for spots, and there's only one, maybe two spots to uh, to, to give away. So going to be an interesting uh it's it's going to be a really interesting camp um once the rookies are done i think the rookie camp ends on tuesday okay and brodzinski too we're talking about uh oh yeah i I thought i mentioned brodzinski sorry if i if i missed him but yeah brodzinski's in the conversation too with anton bleed and jake lecision as like those veteran players like the, the players that have already been around a couple of years that are really good to have in the AHL, but if you need them as a call-up for a couple of games in case of injury, those are guys that you can call up. And to me, the interesting comment with today was about Chris Drury, who said that they're going to try Offman and Lafreniere on the right side in training camp. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Because, yeah. like I said, the right-wing depth chart is very thin. Uh, it's Kako and Wheeler and a whole lot of nothing after that. Yeah, it's Kako Wheeler, and then there's an open spot on the third line, and then there's Pitlick. Yep. So you're looking at either Lafreniere being the right wing on the second line and Wheeler being pushed down to the third, or Othman playing on the right side with Wheeler getting a top six spot on Panarin's line. It would be Panarin, Trocek, Wheeler, or Panarin, Hedl, Wheeler. And then your third line would have Othman and Lafreniere on the wings. If that's the case, I prefer Trocek on the third line to have some kind of experience and a defensively defensive-minded mm-hmm. center there, and have Hedl with Panarin and Wheeler. Uh, but there's there are opportunities for players, yes. And hearing that the Rangers are willing to try both of those young kids on the right side is 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 what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly La- Lafreniere on the right side. That's good. That's a good sign. Like. I kept talking over the summer when I was producing episodes, I kept mentioning like the start of last season, you know, those like first 15 to 20 games when Lafreniere was playing on the right with Panarin. Um, those were the best games that he's played in the NHL. And yeah. I would argue. Um, so to see him get another opportunity during camp is uh, yeah. it's good to see for, for me, like at least. Uh, I think that's unfortunately the last two head coaches we've had are better suited as blackjack dealers because they love to shuffle so often. Yeah. They they just they can never stick with lines for for a lot for an extended amount of time. And that was a problem with Quinn and it was a problem with Galand. And Mm -hmm. hopefully under La Violette, that's a thing of the past, where if Lafreniere does get a shot on the on the second line, we can we give him a couple of weeks. Give him like 10, 15 games. And then, and then, you know, after that, look back and see, okay, is this what we want to do moving forward? Yeah, I hope Laviolette goes through with what he was saying in his introductory press conference about how the Lafreniere and Kako need to be given the opportunity mm-hmm. to have yeah. like those extended, those extra shifts. Let's just say. Yeah, yeah. and and if you look at a at at La, uh, at Laviolette as a coach. Um, he took the Flyers to a Stanley Cup final, and that was a team with a lot of pl- young players, like 24 and younger, in James Van Riemsdyk, Claude Giroux, Jeff Carter, um, Mike Richards, Sean Couturier, um, uh, Braden Shen. Some of those came after that Cup run, but he yeah. was still the coach when those younger guys came came onto the scene. Then in Nashville, he did the same thing on defense with Yossi, Ellis, and Ekholm. And on offense with Fiala, Johansson, Forsberg, uh, 
uh, Arvidsson. So he does have a track record of of giving young players a chance. And I think what happened in Washington under Laviolette is it's more like an anomaly than than an indicator of what he is as a coach. Um, because the young guys in Washington weren't really given a chance, but I'm of the opinion that their young guys aren't as talented as ours. Like Connor McMichael and who's the other guy? Um, Hendrix Lapierre. They're decent prospects, but they're no Kako or Lafreniere. You're right. You know? You're talking about the equivalent of, of a guy like maybe Henriksen or Korzak if they if they take a step. They're not they're not surefire NHLers. It's not like those guys were kicking the door down and and earned a spot on, on the NHL roster. Maybe in a couple of years, but they're not there yet. But what he did in Philly and especially in Nashville, that's 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 a really good indicator of what we can expect from Laviolette when it comes to handling young players. And he mentioned this in his press conference when he was announced as, as the head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He mentioned and- he mentioned those young players that he worked with. And what I like the most about this hiring with Laviolette is that the coaching staff is a coaching staff that Drury put together. It's not like you hire a head coach. And then there's three assistants that are just following or following him around, you know, like like puppies, like with Gerard Gallant. He had the same three assistants everywhere he went. Same with Ellen Vigneault and same with most coaches. Yeah. But now with Laviolette, they add Phil Housley, Michael Pekka, and Dan Muse. And some of them have experience working with Laviolette, but it wasn't like there was a a a a standard group of assistants that was following him around everywhere. Kevin McCarthy, who was with him in Philly, Nashville, and Washington, didn't come to New York. So I I really like the balance of experience with Laviolette and Housley and then the newer guys in Pekka and Muse. I think that's a really good balance. Mm-hmm. And this is a good point here about uh, Rasmus Sandin when he got traded from the Leafs oh, to the Capitol. Yeah, Rasmus Sandin led all deadline acquisitions in points as a defenseman. Right. Yeah, he killed it once he. And he's once like he what, made 22. He, yeah, he's like 22 years old. So, yeah, Sandin kind of proves that point that Laviolette has no problem giving yeah. young players a chance if they're good enough. Right. So, Othman being on the NHL squad is not like uh, they're gonna they're gonna stunt his growth like we've seen in the past with like Kako, Heedle, Lafreniere, you know, Zach Jones a little bit. Um, so with Offman, I mean, it's not a bad thing again to get him on the t- like if he if he kills it out of preseason, like if he has another preseason, like last year, I thought he was I thought he was good enough to make the the squad. It just didn't. I don't think he was ready. I don't I don't think it was part of the plan yet for him to to make it. Like he he had yeah, some, but- some great moments in preseason mm-hmm. last season, but I think. I think another year of like conditioning and stuff or another year in the juniors, you know, was, was a little helpful. It just sucked that he couldn't play in the AHL because of the age, yeah. the age mm-hmm. rule. Um, yeah. yeah. And what, what I really like about Hoffman, what he did this summer, because uh, he came to New York for prospect development camp in, in July, which always happens right after the draft where the most recent draftees show up, the, the kids that are in college, they come to New York for a couple of days, they all work out. After that was over, Brennan Othman then spent some time in New York working out with uh, with with some some guys affiliated to the Rangers, spent a couple of weeks in New York. Then he went on vacation. And then when he came back from vacation, he joined, joined the Peterborough Peets for their training camp. And he's not even going to play for them this season, but he still wanted to be there, you know, just to just just to get some work in and. This guy has had two really short off seasons in a row. Like last year, there was the World Juniors that was that was postponed and then played in August, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And then this year, because the Peterborough Peets won the OHL championship, they played in the Memorial Cup, which went all the way through to like May or maybe maybe even June. So it was he was playing hockey very late into the summer, and then spent all summer getting ready. You know, working on. Um, on his skating, working on on his physique, and like that's that's the dedication and attitude yeah. you want to see from not, the first round. 
And I wanted to talk about that too because they they did like he weighed in at what was it, 187, 188 pounds yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was looking at the elite prospects page right now, and it says he's current. It says 181. So that's that's not up to date, obviously, because yesterday we just got he just weighed in, and he yeah. said he he put on 10 pounds of muscle. So it makes sense. It's about 10 pounds there. Um, yeah. For, for yeah, six, I think, for six I, I think, forward. I mean, that's... I think I think the ten pound ten pound muscle is compared to last year, but um, or maybe it is over the summer. Who knows? The, um, the guy that the Canadians drafted, um, David Reinbacher, I think he added fifteen pounds in just the last three months between the combine in June and this week, he, and he added fifteen pounds. Wow, Whew. that's nuts. I thought like the 10 pounds was like just from like the off season. No, no, no. But, but it is, it is still, you know, it's, that's what you want from your first round pick. You know, that's, that's the kind of progression you want to see, not right. just on the ice, but we, also off the ice. We talked, we talked last week in the first episode back for ice cold takes about how Kako in his first year, his rookie year compared to his second year, how much his arms grew. Right. Like when he first came to the NHL, he was really skinny. And then he put on like his arms were, were way bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then like Lafreniere, you really can't notice a difference. I wasn't going to bring it up, but yes, that's, yeah. that, that's something I noticed as well. It's and look, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to blame Lafreniere for anything. But look, if if you are an NHL player, if you if you are aware of the criticism, you know, and you have a social media account, like, I'm not saying he has to do this, but he would make his life so much easier if he would have just uploaded one or two photos of him in the gym. It would have made his his life so much easier. It would have killed so much of the criticism, you know? And like, he doesn't have to, I'm not saying he has to, I'm just, just saying it would have it would have helped like the perception mm-hmm. of how he spends his off season because the only thing didn't i think the only like thing he posted this- on, on instagram was him playing softball right if he just didn't post that that probably would have made it easier too because like i don't know i can't remember if kako or hito like posted them in themselves in the gym but i know there was video that surfaced of them like working out and stuff like in past I, I think i think hito hito posted it himself yes Okay, and then like I think it was last off season, like Kako working in Finland on his slap shot, and it was like over a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, which was uh, which is pretty. It was it was like one hundred two, I think. I can't remember, but um, like, yeah, I don't and, know if and, he posted and that. And that was and that was covered by like Finnish media, so it right. makes it a little easier for that news to come out, of course. But yeah, look, I'm not saying Lafreniere is not working out. It's just that. Just one picture of him in the gym would have would have silenced so many of the critics, at least during the offseason. Um, this is a good this is a good point too. Like how come he needs to be like carried by line mates? I, I mean, like I don't even look at it like that. I just I look at it as like, you know, sometimes he shows up and sometimes he doesn't. Like sometimes you notice him out there and a lot of the time I've noticed a trend, like at the start of the season. Like the start of last season, or like like Gallant's first year, and the start of this past season, like you know, first couple games it was like Lafreniere. Actually, no, I take that back about this past season. But first two years, it was like, what is this guy doing? Like I don't notice him at all. His first yeah. two years of his career. To me, the biggest difference between Kako and Lafreniere is that when Lafreniere is not scoring, you don't notice him at all. When Kako is not scoring, you still notice him on the ice because he still makes plays. He still takes the puck away from the opponents. He still skates it up the ice. He has possession of the puck. And Lafreniere is is not noticeable away from the puck. That's yeah. my that will be my biggest criticism of Lafreniere. And that's something he needs to work on. He needs to be better away from the puck, more noticeable. Um, but look, the kid's only 21. I know there's a lot of pressure on him as the first overall pick, but Hopefully it'll come. 
and what you were saying about Kako, that's the thing. Like, he doesn't score that often. I mean, only 40 points last season, and, you know, you whole, you noticed him a whole lot because he mm-hmm. was drawing penalties, yeah. hiring out defenders. I said it last week, but I'll say it yeah. again. You know, it's- yeah, and his, his, his takeaway numbers, um, I think in his second season especially, or in his third, his takeaway numbers were really high up on the list, like league-wide. That that's that's really noticeable. Like I I feel I feel a legit breakout coming between for for, for Kako and even Heedle too. Like I feel like Heedle's gonna up the goal score. Maybe not the assist numbers, but like the goal scoring. Like I think he could see, you could see him hit twenty five again. Mm. Like he had twenty. Yeah, Heedle Heedle reminds me a lot of Art- yeah Heedle reminds me a lot of Artemanissimo who yeah. would go on a fucking tear for 10 games where he'd score seven goals and had six assists. And then he'd cool off for a month where he'd have like three points in 20 games. Mm-hmm. And with Hedl, if Hedl would be more consistent when he's on his game, we wouldn't have anything to complain about. Like I'm not, I'm not even complaining about Hedl. I think Hedl for where he was drafted and how he's progressed. He's doing, he's doing well. Yep. But I like him. Like his highs are really high. They're just not as frequent as you want them to be. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I yeah. like that he, he shoots too. Like he has yeah. a, a very keen willingness to shoot. Mm-hmm. And that's important because this is a team, once again, that's filled with a lot of passing. Yeah. The one thing I the one thing I don't want to see ever again is the kid line. Yeah, I think that needs. To, I, I I think they were great last season. There was a Rangers like best line. Yeah, but it, it but if, it, if, it does it for for them to you know improve like become better players in this league, they need to be separated. Yeah, but Joey, if if your best line is a line with twenty three year old and younger kids that don't even hit forty five points each. You have a problem, right? It's it's not that the kit line is amazing; it's that the other lines are just not good enough. Like compared to compared to each other, like there were times where, you know, the kit line just absolutely smoked everybody else, and it was they were the only ones scoring at even strength. Again, another. Yeah. This is that's the issue. This is like this is the issue that you know hopefully Laviolette can fix because I was I looked at his his. His teams, like when he was with Nashville, he had very good 5v5 teams. Very Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Top five. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. His team, his predators were in the top five, at least in the first few years that he coached them. So you give him a team with this amount of skill and talent. And like you said earlier, he's willing to work with young guys. Um, I think that you could make, you could make a significant improvement this year. They're counting on it because if, if they don't, they're, not, they're just going to end up in the same spot they did last year. Yeah, and look, the improvement has to come from behind the bench because the improvement wasn't going to come on the ice with 
the lack of cap space the Rangers had. I think Drury did a really good job adding guys like Wheeler and Gustafsson, especially at those cap hits of 825,000. But the improvements have to come from the coaching. And the players that we're going to rely on this season were already there last season. The personnel on the ice is not going to change that much. It's the personnel behind the bench that has changed. And if LaViolette can get more out of those top players, and maybe not even more in terms of production, because when you look at Panarin and Zibanejad hitting 90 points and Kreider scoring 35 goals, that's that's all great. And I think Trocek had the third highest point total in his first season as a Ranger by a free agent in the salary cap era. Behind only Marion Gabrick and Brad Richards. Not Panarin? And sorry, and, and Panarin, of course. Yeah. yeah so yeah. four. Four. Um, right. Sorry, I mean, uh, yeah, it's because of the, because of my own language. So fourth highest. In Dutch we say uh Obdrina, uh, which is like after three. So I mixed up the numbers there, but yeah, I think it's after Panarin, Gabrick, and Richards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Trojek, I mean, it... yeah. I but get Trojek, what you're saying. Yeah. Trojek was really good. Um, like the personnel is there, the production was there. We just need to close it out. Like when we have a lead, when we take a two goal lead into the dressing room, into the locker room, and you come back on the ice, that's when you have to close it out. The Rangers are absolutely terrible at closing out games where they have a lead. Um, some of the older listeners might remember this but there was this thing on social media we referred to about 10 years ago called the stat where the rangers were like 137 1 and 17 when taking a lead into the third period and that was over like a six or seven year span where they only had one regulation loss when they took a lead into the third period Mm -hmm. that's 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 what i want to see from this team again when you take a lead into the third period, I want them to close it out. That's where the that improvement's going to come from. And the improvement's going to come from holding on to the puck, like playing a possession game instead of just dumping it and chasing it. Because the biggest, my biggest criticism of this team last season is that once they enter the offensive zone, they do not hold on to the puck for more than 15 seconds. They never set up. They never they they either shoot and there's a whistle or they shoot and the other team recovers the puck. Whereas the opponents, when they right. get into our zone, they have time to set up camp, you know, light a fire, you know, grill some uh what's what's this thing you grill on like the campfire? What do they what do you call it? Like dogs the, or marshmallows. The marshmallows. Yeah, yeah. Sit sit around the campfire with some marshmallows, like actually setting up camp that's what opponents can do in our zone when they and it's not just one time either you're right it's like a period it it feels like you know when people say the ice is tilted it feels like the rink is narrower when we want to enter the zone and it's like gargantuan when but when when we have to defend the blue line it's like moses parting the red (laughs) exactly you know Yep. It's just, oh, but it's when we want to enter the zone, it's like a funnel. I don't know what it is. I don't know how this team became so allergic to zone entries. Yeah. And when, when it came in the playoffs, like that, that big issue where that was just, that was just the most frustrating thing because they yeah. couldn't, they couldn't get it in. Yeah. The, the Rangers, nine out of 10 times, scored from broken plays, which is great if it works, but. It's not something rely on broken broken plays. It's not something you can rely on. Exactly. It's not something that you can replicate. It's not something you can, you can work towards. Right. Like if they, if they just were average at like zone entries and stuff like that, then we're already doing Ranger central in here said it before. Like if they could improve and be average in those areas, they were already doing damage as like a piss poor team, you know, like on even strength. If they yeah, just what, make what, it average, then they'll be they'll be this, more this team, uh, this, team is, 
this team was top five on the power play and top five in total goals scored in the league last year. And somehow we can never get it over the line without a heart attack. We, mm -hmm. we, can, we can never just look back on a game and go, oh, that was nice. I'm going to go to bed now. Right. No, no, it's never like that, is it? I think I think the NHL should give Madison Square Garden an exemption to serve alcohol in the third period. <laughs> it's still the stress. We 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 deserve alcohol in the third period when right. we attend Ranger game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the full. It's a it's a sixty minute effort. Remember, like the Tampa Bay game, the first game of the the season last year. That was mm -hmm. a complete effort. Like that yeah, needs to happen more. Like there are never, especially under Gerard Gallant, there were never like three periods in a row that were identical. Never ever. It nope. was like Jekyll and Hyde with this team. And hopefully Laviolette can can fix that. Yeah. Hopefully. Um going back to to Othman real quick, uh I don't know about you. I kind of want Othman to play a year in the in the AHL because like because of just to work with Knobloch, because Knobloch worked with a lot of younger guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, look, I, I don't really care that much. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of Othman. I've met him a couple of times. He's a really great guy, and you know, I really hope he does well. But if he has to go, if he goes to the AHL for a year, sure, go for it. Go down to the AHL, score a ton of goals, and and then work your way up. If he makes the team out of camp, I'm happy too. But to me, there's no, there's no clear right or wrong answer here. I can make a case for both scenarios, but it, it will depend on how he does in in, in training camp. Mm -hmm. When when rookie camp ends on Tuesday, and when the roster players join, that's when that's when his mission starts. Like everything up to up to next Wednesday, including this. It's just preparation. Mm -hmm. If Offman makes the team out of camp, unless there's an injury, Patrick Kane's not coming back because I know he's he's still unsigned, and I don't think the Rangers are going to sign him unless it's you know dirt cheap because they don't have any salary cap space. Um, but Kane won't be coming back if Offman makes the team out of camp unless there's an injury. Yeah, uh, who knows? Look, uh, Pitlick's not going to last the whole season. The last time he played a full season was 2017-18. A long time so there's there are going to be injuries at some point um i don't even want to think about patrick kane look maybe he'll sign with us maybe he doesn't but i just want to focus on training camp now and and mm -hmm. see which kids have at a good opportunity to make it i think yeah. there's three not four i'm gonna four i'll name four guys that i think have a chance to make the team okay we spoke about offman offman Cooley. Cooley, obviously. Okay. Zach Jones, which I think is more a given because yeah. he's no longer waiver eligible. Yeah, so yeah. Be, I don't think I think he's already he has his spot. He he's he's gonna be the new Hayek. He's gonna be on the team whether he whether he plays or not. Hopefully not as bad as Hayek, though. My wild card though, my 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 dark horse to make the team at some point during the season is Adam Edstrom. Okay. Because this guy, he's, I think he's 22 now. He's turning 23 before the end of the year. He's the, he's a center, right? He, he plays center and he plays wing. Uh, and his, his style is tailor-made for the fourth line. Um, you, you can compare him to Elmer Soderblom of the uh, Detroit Red Wings, if you've seen him play. I have he's, not. He's He's big. Adam Edstrom, I think, is 6'7 or 6'8, uh, over 220 pounds, really good frame. And when he was playing in Sweden, he was too physical for that league. He he would get suspended for hits that any NHL aren't even a penalty. So I think he'd be tailor-made for a fourth-line role. Maybe not straight out of camp, but down the line maybe around christmas around the all-star break if if tyler pitlick gets injured i wouldn't be surprised to if if, if he gets a call up because kind of like how cooley did 
but he he yeah. his was more of a promotion like he earned it and then... yeah and i think that was also around the time that decision was sent down it was more like a swap between decision and cooley i thought was it, no it was semi blay semi blay 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 went too hard for it on the conditioning stand and then cooley was called up i think that was yep i think that was it um but yeah we'll see uh there one final name i want to mention and he's not even a ranger prospect is one of the invitees who i think is very intriguing uh 18 year old james petrovsky who plays for the owen sound attack in the ohl used to play for the flint firebirds with brennan Othman. he was undrafted uh this year and the rangers could sign him to an entry-level contract i think the deadline is september 30th they can sign him to an entry-level contract and then he could go back to juniors for two years while his elc slides and they would basically get a free defensive prospect out of it it's kind of it would be kind of similar to the flyers with philip myers a couple of years ago uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I find it interesting that an 18-year-old defensive prospect undrafted is getting an invite to a rookie camp after he was at prospect camp in June. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there's definitely some interest there. Um, so yeah, we'll see. And then Sahil Ponwar is a forward who also played with Othman in the OHL. He signed an AHL contract with the Hartford Wolfpack. So he'll be in Hartford anyway, but he cannot be called up. He has to sign an NHL contract first if he does. I was going to say about the tryouts, like the PTOs. Uh, Jury said like there's no plans right now for any PTOs because. And, um, and I, I know last year they did it with with VZ. It would seem like it would be a good idea to do it this year, but yeah, but I don't know who's I, out there. I, it's not just that. I don't think we need any any PTOs. Right. That's because if you if, if you look at the defense, okay, so look at look at goaltending. We have Shashurkin as the starter, we have Quick as the backup, and right. then we have Louis Domingue, Dylan Garand, and Talon Boyko in the minors. That's fine. That's that's good. You're you're set you're set at goaltending. Goaltending is good. On defense, you have Lincoln Fox, Miller Truba, and then let's say Gustafson Schneider with Jones as the seventh, right? After that, you have Ben Harper. Uh, Connor Mackey, who played in the NHL last year, Mac Hollowell, uh, Ty Emerson, Brendan Scanlon, Matthew Robertson. That's that's seven defensemen already that you have mm-hmm. that that could fight for a spot. They, you don't need a PTO there. And then on offense, we talked about Wheeler that we signed. We talked about Pitlick. We mentioned Benino. Mm-hmm. But we also signed Alex Belzile. We signed Riley Nash. We have Anton Bleed, who we traded for last season, still in the AHL. That's again, that's like six, seven players that that doesn't even include our prospects. So I don't think the Rangers need a PTO. They they don't have they don't have any need for a guy coming in on the PTO. They mm-hmm. already have the guys in house to, yep. to fight for spots. I agree. I agree. And, I saw. I just saw some people like saying that they should sign some PTOs, and I don't yeah, know. But, I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I don't think but, the Rangers need that. I think that. I also think the Rangers are tough enough too. Mm-hmm. Like they don't need to get any tougher. Like Benino, Goudreau, Pitlick, VZ. Mm-hmm. VZ proved he was a damn good defensive player last year. Like yeah. hard to play. Yeah, and Jimmy VZ earning a contract on a PTO last year is great. But it's also a very rare occurrence that that happens. PTOs are like seventh round picks. Like more often than not, a PTO doesn't even sign a contract. And if they do, they're going to be in the minors. Unless it's Michael Haley. Unless it's a guy like Michael Haley. And I think Ryan Malone at some point earned a contract, but he was gone after a couple of weeks. The mm-hmm. last good player to come in on a PTO before Jimmy Vesey was was Anton Strawman in 2011. He was a waiver pickup, I think. No, no, he came in on a PTO. He was, I think, he attended the Devils training camp and they and they cut him. And then the Rangers gave him a PTO. 
and then after the after training camp they signed him played for the rangers for three years and then and then he became one of the one of the most underrated defensemen in tampa yep but nine him. out of ten He's times great. a pto is not a pto is not that that kind of player nine out of ten times you end up with ahlers or tweeners like you remember chris newbury yes I thought we were never going to get rid of that guy. Mm-hmm. He was always there, um, which is great if you're still looking for depth and if you're looking for experience in the AHL. Like years ago, we had like Peter Holland and Paul Carey and Cole Schneider, I think. David DeHarnay. David DeHarnay. Those are guys that you can really use, but in the AHL, we already have those guys. DeHarnay, who is also still on ESPN's uh, fantasy projections for fantasy hockey. As oh, is he? Rangers. Yeah, we were looking at it last week. DeHarnay, Libor Hayek, and uh, Tarasenko are still Rangers. <laughs> I should, um, I should, because I have my fantasy hockey draft this Sunday. Okay. I should try to try to convince some some people to uh, to draft some players that are that are not even in the league. Right. Yeah. Like DeHarnay is, is there. It's, I remember a couple of years ago there was there was a second Mike Hoffman in the ESPN fantasy <laughs> uh, player database. I picked up Mike Hoffman as a as a as a as a as a free agent pickup, and then I traded him to someone for a Tammy Panarin when he was still with Chicago. But it was the other Mike Hoffman, and the guy didn't know. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, we steal uh, there, yeah. That was um, yeah. I basically got Panarin for free. There you go. I think it was a rookie season, just um, like the Columbus trade. Yeah, like the one in real life. That always reminds me of the fact that Brendan Saad was traded three times, and all three times the Chicago Blackhawks were involved, and all three times they lost the trade. Right. Yeah. Yep. Because the first time they traded him to Columbus. And the best player they got back was Artem Anisimov, so they lost yep. that trade. Mm-hmm. Then they traded Panarin to Columbus to get him back, so they lost that one. They lost that trade too. And then they traded Saad to Colorado for Nikita Zadorov. Zadorov. So again, they lost that trade too. That three Brendan Saad trades, and the Blackhawks lost every time. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, we talked we talked about uh, the PTOs, Lafreniere and Hoffman on the right side. You think the Rangers are tough enough this year? You think Drury added enough sandpaper to the mix? Look, I think I think the physicality and I think the size was always there, but there was no cohesion. There was no structure. You can you cannot play. A good game if there's no structure and it's the same thing with pace you can be the fastest player in the world if you don't know what direction you're going to then your then your pace is useless it's like it's like driving through down through like a strange city in a ferrari but you have to stop at every corner to check your gps which direction you have to go you're not going to go very fast if you don't know where to go the structure is the interesting one. Like the, it's the left wing lock system that Laviolette employs, I believe. Yeah, I but believe. it's not just it's not just that. It's also set plays. You know, there, there was a set play that Panarin used a lot in Columbus, where he would come down the down the left, cut inside, and then drop the puck back. And it it worked under David Quinn because the players knew what to expect because as as much as I criticize David Quinn, he was really good at analyzing the game and the way he used the video footage in in the video room with players, that was he was he was pretty good at that. Gerard Galland wasn't. Gerard Galland is a very no nonsense type of guy. He's just, you know, he 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 doesn't he doesn't believe in set plays, I think. Because under Galan for two years, those drop passes by Panarin were always intercepted. And why were they intercepted? Because the set plays 
were not were not practiced. So Panarin was still doing his set plays, but the other players weren't there to pick up the puck. That's just one example. And you see that with other players too. If if you don't know where to go, then then you're going to be confused. You're gonna you're, you're gonna go okay. Um, uh, maybe I go to the left. Maybe I go to the right. But uh, under Laviolette, that would improve. And and hopefully it'll improve enough where both in the physicality department and the pace department mm-hmm. it will it will be a significant improvement. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see what what goes on for the mm-hmm. turnovers for Panarin because I know in the playoffs too that that was a big issue. Jury talked yeah. a little bit about that today too, and that he wants to redeem himself, Panarin, like he's ready to play. Yeah, I'm ready to watch. Um, so. Hopefully he's got a good. He has a good camp. Comes in the to the season ready to go, and I think a hundred points this year is what what he needs to do. I mean, the guy has has hit ninety points every year as a Ranger, four years in a row. Right. And the first two years he was on pace for one hundred and thirteen, but both seasons were cut short. Right. Because of COVID. Yeah, and the second year he went, he left to he went back to Russia for. Yeah, but but even then, that second season was only fifty six games. Yep. So if there was no pandemic, Artemi Panarin would have become the first Ranger ever to have multiple one hundred point seasons. You could no, still do no it. No player, too. no player in Ranger history has done that twice. He could still do it too. Like, and he only you, has three, four look, years left if, on the deal. If if if, if you want to, if, if you want to be depressed. You should you should look up like go to hockey reference, click on the Rangers, go to the franchise page, and then go to records and count how few players have hit hundred points. How few players have I'd rather not. hit ninety. And then and then pick any other team that's been in the league for like fifty years, like expansion era and onward. And compare. It's depressing, man. This team I'd rather been, not do that. <laughs> It's been 97 years, so 96 seasons, because we lost the whole season in 04 or 05. 96 seasons. And not one player has hit 100 points twice. Crazy. That, that, I know. That's one of the original six teams, and that hasn't happened. I guarantee yeah. you it's happened for all the other five teams. It's also sad that Kreider was only the fourth player to hit 50 goals. I I will say though I think Zibanejad could hit fifty. I think this fifth, year, yeah, too. Rattel, Hatfield, yeah, Rattel, Hatfield, Graves, Yager, Kreider. But still, five players to hit fifty goals for a team that's been around for a century. That's I think Zibanejad could make it six this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Assuming a full uh, all eighty-two games, fully healthy, no yeah. injuries, no. I think he could hit 50 this year. Yeah, look, like I said, the biggest got to start scoring some even strength goals, though. Yeah, the biggest improvement that can be made is behind the bench, and I think it's going to be a big change. So, yeah, fingers and crossed. I'll, and I'll um, rehash my point from last week too. I think it's going to take it'll take a little getting used to, like whatever the new system, the new style under Laviolette. They might struggle out of the gate, so I'm I won't be surprised if that happens. Yeah, I'll be upset, of course, because I'm a fan. But you know, uh, I think it'll take a little getting used to. Who knows? Maybe yeah, they'll prove maybe, me wrong and they'll come out firing. Maybe the team will have a slow start, and we we shouldn't jump ship right away. We'll need to give it a couple of weeks. But right, yeah, yeah. Well, we gotta we gotta see. Like the season hasn't even started yet. You know, hopefully they come in motivated, ready to go. Yeah. Stuff, but you know, if they if they lose a few games in the first couple of weeks of the season, you know, there's there's like eighty some eighty two games. So what? Let's say like ten games are out of the way, right? Like the you have seventy two games, seventy seventy games left to make it up. Yeah, and and look, I think the Rangers are still going to finish top three in the division. I don't think. Aside from the Devils and Hurricanes, there's a team that will finish ahead of the Rangers. Yeah, I don't think the Rangers are going to – I don't think – I agree with you on that, and I don't think the Rangers are good enough to win first place. 
or second in the division. I think third place is right where, right about where they're going to be. Yeah. True. Unless, unless a major injury happens to one of those other, to the Devils or the Hurricanes, or the Rangers just absolutely storm and like crush it the entire year under Laviolette, I can't see it happening. Yeah. Let's hope so. I'm just glad hockey's back. Yeah, me too. I'm glad hockey is back too. We're going to wrap up this episode. Steven, thanks again right. for joining me. Uh, always a pleasure talking with you, talking hockey with you. Anytime. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.